0: body aches at bedtime sierrasil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health calms inflammation and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years it has a money-back guarantee go to sierrasil.com s-i-e-r-r-a-s-i-l and use the code drift for 10 percent off Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift. We're so grateful to you for sharing this quiet time with us. A few moments of relaxation, then a story, and then to help you drift off to a place of peace, some waves to gently soothe you to sleep. Drift is made possible by Envy Pillow. Designed for back and side sleepers, and me, I guess, since I've loved mine since it helped me with stress-related neck pain, Envy Pillow is the only certified organic pillow you'll find, infused with antimicrobial and collagen-boosting copper. And don't forget to use the code DRIFT for 10% off anything you purchase at EnvyPillow.com. That's EnvyPillow.com. This is a story that has been handed down through the ages from one Irish family to another. This tale that has some very clear echoes of Cinderella, but oh, so many different endings. There is even a godmother. But in this story, the magic is done by a henwife. wife. You may ask, what's a henwife? Well, one definition for you, a woman who keeps poultry a female henkeeper. In Scottish, Irish, and English folk tales, henwives are often associated with the supernatural and characterized as a source of wisdom and healing. Now we're also going to hear of a honey bird and a honey finger, and alas, their meanings are lost to time. So, let's imagine them as enchanted brooches, which bring good fortune and are unique only to the virtuous gown on which they are worn. Before we begin the story of fair, brown, and trembling, I'll ask you to find yourself a comfortable spot. However you are listening, whether in bed with a pillow speaker, which is what I use for my nighttime stories, or in a recliner at home. Thank you. Now, Take one deep breath in. And exhale all your cares of the day. Just feel heavy. And now, one more inhale. And as you exhale, think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, we shall drift. King Hugh lived in a part of the land that is in present-day County Donegal. And he had three daughters, whose names were Fair, Brown, and Trembling. Fair and Brown always had new dresses and went to church every Sunday. Trembling wanted to go to church, but she was kept at home to do the cooking and work. They would not let her go out of the house at all. For she was far more beautiful than the other two, and they were afraid she might find herself a husband before they did and get herself a good one, and they couldn't have that. They carried on in this way for seven years, and at the end of seven years, the son of the king of Imania fell in love with the eldest sister. One Sunday morning, after the other two had gone to church, The old henwife came into the kitchen to Trembling and said It's a church you ought to be this day instead of working here at home. How could I go? said Trembling. I have no clothes good enough to wear at church. And if my sisters were to see me there, they'd kill me for going out of the house. So the henwife said, I'll give you a finer dress than either of them has ever seen. And now tell me what dress will you have? Hmm, she thought, I'll have a dress as white as snow and green shoes for my feet. Then the henwife put on the cloak of darkness, clipped a piece from the old clothes the young woman had on, and asked for the whitest robes in the world and the most beautiful that could be found, and a pair of green shoes. Well, in that moment, the robe and the shoes appeared, and she brought them to Trembling, who put them on. When the girl was ready and dressed, the henwife said, I have a honey bird brooch here to sit on your right shoulder and a honey finger pin to put on your left. At the door stands a milk-white mare with a golden saddle for you to sit on and a golden bridle to hold in your hand. Trembling sat on the golden saddle, and when she was ready to go, the henwife said, You must not go inside the door of the church, and the minute the people rise up at the end of mass, you must get out of there and ride home as fast as the mare will carry you. When Trembling came to the door of the church, everyone inside was trying to get a glimpse of her, to know who she was, but not one could. When they saw her hurrying away at the end of mass, they ran out to catch up with her, but they could not. She had taken off before anyone could come near her. From the minute she left the church till she got home, she rode like the wind. She dismounted at the door, went in and found the henwife had dinner ready. Then trembling, took off the white robes, and pulled on her old dress. In a heartbeat. When the two sisters came home, the henwife said, Have you any news to day from church? We have great news, said they. We saw a wonderful grand lady at the church door. The likes of the robes she had we have never before seen on a woman. Our dresses paled in comparison to what she wore, and there wasn't a man at the church from the king to the beggar. Who wasn't trying to look at her and know who she was? The sisters would not stop begging or complaining until they had two dresses just like the robes of the strange lady. But those special brooches were not to be found. A week passed, and the next Sunday the two sisters went to church again, leaving the youngest at home to cook the dinner. After they had gone, The henwife came in and asked, Will you go to church today? Well, you know I would go if I could, said trembling. What will you wear? asked the henwife. The finest black satin that can be found, and red shoes for my feet. What color do you want the mare to be? I want her to be so black and so glossy that I can see myself in her coat. Just as she had the previous Sunday, the henwife put on the cloak of darkness and asked for the robes and the mare. And right away she had them. When Trembling was dressed, the henwife put the honey bird on her right shoulder and the honey finger on her left. The saddle on the mare was silver, and so was the bridle. Can you just picture it, though? When trembling sat in the saddle and was about to leave, the henwife ordered her strictly once again not to go inside the door of the church, but to rush away as soon as the people rose at the end of mass and hurry home on the mare before any man could stop her. That Sunday, the people stared at her even longer than the first time, and all they were thinking of was, Who is this? But they had no chance, for the moment the people rose at the end of Mass, she slipped up from the church, was up in the silver saddle, and home before anyone could stop her or talk to her. The henwife had the dinner ready. Trembling took off her satin robe and was back into her old clothes before her sisters got home. What news have you today? asked the henwife of the sisters when they came from the church oh, we saw the grand strange lady again, and of course no one thought another thing about our dresses after looking at the robes of satin that she had on. And everyone at church, from the richest to the poorest, had their mouths open gazing at her, and not one man was looking at us. The two sisters persisted and bothered the henwife till they got dresses just about as close to the strange lady's robes as they could find. Of course, they were not as good, for the likes of those robes could not be found in all of Erin. When the third Sunday came, Fair and Brown went to church dressed in black. They left trembling at home to work in the kitchen as usual, and told her to be sure and have dinner ready when they came back. After they had gone and were out of sight, the henwife came to the kitchen and said, Well, my dear, are you up for church today? Oh, you know I would go if I had a new dress to wear. I'll get you any dress you ask for. What would you like? A dress red as a rose from the waist down and white as snow from the waist up. "'a cape of green on my shoulders, "'and a hat on my head, "'with a red, a white, and a green feather in it, "'and shoes for my feet with the toes red, "'the middle white, and the backs and heels green. "'While that sounds like a lot, "'it seemed no ask was too big "'for Trembling's dear helpmate, "'for the henwife put on the cloak of darkness, wished for all these things, and there they were. When Trembling was dressed, the henwife put the honeybird brooch on her right shoulder and the honeyfinger pin on her left, and placing the hat on her head, clipped a few hairs from one lock and a few from another with her scissors, and that moment the most beautiful golden hair was flowing down over the girl's shoulders. Then The henwife asked what kind of a mare she would ride. She said white, with blue and gold-colored diamond-shaped spots all over her body. On her back a saddle of gold, and on her head a golden bridle. In a flash the mare stood there before the door, and a bird sitting between her ears, which began to sing as soon as trembling was in the saddle, and never stopped till she came home from the church. The fame of the beautiful strange lady had gone out through the world, and all the princes and great men for miles around came to church that Sunday, each one hoping he could persuade her to come home with him after Mass. The son of the king of Imania, now Ulster, forgot all about the eldest sister with whom he had thought he had fallen in love and remained outside the church so as to catch the strange lady before she could hurry away. The church was more crowded than ever before, and there were three times as many outside. There was such a throng before the church that trembling could only come inside the gate. As soon as the people were rising at the end of Mass, the lady slipped out through the gate, was in the golden saddle in an instant, and swept away ahead of the wind. But it seems that was not fast enough, for the prince of Emania was at her side, and seizing her by the foot he ran with the mare for a mile, and never let go of the beautiful lady till the shoe was pulled from her foot, and he was left behind with it in his hand. She came home as fast as the mare could carry her, and was thinking all the time that the henwife would be furious with her for losing the shoe. Seeing her so concerned, the old woman asked, What's the trouble, my dear? Oh, I've lost one of my shoes, said Trembling. Don't mind that. Maybe it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Then Trembling hurried and gave all the things she had on to the henwife, put on her old clothes, and went to work in the kitchen. When the sisters came home, the henwife asked again, Have you any news from the church, girls? We have indeed, they said, for we saw the grandest sight today. The strange lady came again, in grander array than before. She and her horse wore the finest colours in the world, and between the ears of the horse was a bird, which never stopped singing from the time she came till she went away. The lady herself is the most beautiful woman ever seen by man in Erin. Meantime, after Trembling had disappeared from the church, the son of the king of Imania said to the other king's sons and all of the noblemen who had gathered from afar. I will have that lady for my own, if she will have me. They all said, You didn't win her just by taking the shoe off her foot. You'll have to win her by the point of the sword. You'll have to fight for her with us before you can ask her to be your own. Well, said the son of the king of Imania, when I find the lady that shoe will fit, I'll fight for her before I leave her to any of you. Then all of the king's sons were uneasy, and anxious to know who it was who had lost the shoe, and they began to travel all over Aaron to find her. The prince of Emania and all the others went in a great gang together and made the round of Erin. They visited every place where a woman was to be found, Searching for the woman, not caring whether she was rich or poor, of high or low stature. The Prince of Emania always held on to the precious shoe. And when the young women saw it, they had great hopes. For it was of proper size, neither large nor small, and goodness knows of what material it was made. One thought it would fit her if she trimmed her toenails extra short. Another, with too short a foot, put something in the tip of her stocking, but no use, it did not fit. The two sisters, Fair and Brown, heard the princes of the world were looking everywhere for the woman who could wear the shoe, and every day they were talking of trying it on. One day, Trembling spoke up and said, Maybe it's my foot that the shoe will fit. Oh, how could that possibly be, Trembling, when you were home every Sunday? Don't be ridiculous. They stood there waiting and berating the younger sister till the princes were nearing their house. But when the party approached, the sisters locked poor Trembling in a closet. When the company arrived to great fanfare, the Prince of Emonia gave the shoe to the sisters. Though they tried and tried, it would fit neither of them. Is there any other young woman in the house? asked the prince. There is, said Trembling, speaking up in the closet. I'm here. Oh, we just have her here to put out the ashes, said the sisters. But the prince and the others wouldn't leave the house till they had seen her, so the two sisters had to open the door. When trembling came out, the shoe was given to her. And did it fit? Of course, it fit exactly. The Prince of Emania looked at her and said, You are the woman the shoe fits, and you are the woman I took the shoe from. Every man was satisfied and knew that she was the woman. Now, ordinarily the story would end here but not this one, for all the princes and great men spoke up and said to the son of the king of Imania, you'll have to fight now for her before we let her go with you. They hadn't yet asked Trembling who she chose, but I think you'll know, and in his heart so did he. I'm here before you ready for combat, answered the prince. The son of the king of Lachlan stepped forth fighting the prince for nine hours before giving up. Next day, the son of the king of Spain fought six hours and also yielded his claim. On the third day, the son of the king of Greece fought six hours and stopped. On the fourth day, no more foreign princes wanted to fight, and all the sons of kings in Erin said they would not fight with a man of their own land that the strangers had had their chance, and as no others came to claim the woman, she belonged of right to the son of the king of Imonia, that is, if she would have him. Trembling did indeed agree to marry the prince, having seen his devotion from the moment he began to search for her, and the way he had defended, nearly to the death, his love for her, with suitor after suitor. The marriage day was chosen, the invitations sent out, and the wedding was perfect. But trembling sisters were not going to take being humiliated by their youngest sibling lying down. Celebrations over, the king's son brought home the bride, and when the time came, a son was born. The youngest woman sent for her eldest sister, Fair, to be with her and take care of her. One day, when Trembling was feeling well, and when her husband was away hunting, the two sisters went out to walk along the seaside. At the side of a cliff, cruel, fair, pushed the youngest sister in, and a great whale came and swallowed her. The eldest sister came home alone, and the husband asked, "'Where is your sister?' She's gone home to her father in Ballyshannon. Now that I'm well, I don't need her. But, said the husband, looking at her, I'm afraid that my wife has left me. Oh, no, said Fair, pretending to be sister-trembling. It's Fair that's gone. Since the sisters were very much alike, the prince was in doubt. That night he put his sword between them and said, If you are my wife, this sword will get warm. If not, it will stay cold. Well, in the morning when he rose up, the sword was as cold as when he put it there. As it happened, when the two sisters were walking by the seashore that fateful time, a little boy who tended cows was down by the water minding his herd and saw Fair push trembling into the sea. Next day, when the tide came in, he saw the whale swim up and spit her out on the sand. When she was on the sand, catching her breath, she said to the boy, When you go home in the evening with the cows, tell the master that my sister Fair pushed me into the sea yesterday, that a whale swallowed me, and then threw me out, but I am under his spell, and I cannot leave the beach or escape by myself. He will come again and swallow me with the next tide, then he'll go out with the tide, and come again with tomorrow's tide, and throw me again on the strand. The whale will cast me out three times, and unless my husband saves me before I'm swallowed the fourth time, I shall be lost. He must come and shoot the whale with a sleeping bullet from the henwife, When he turns on the broad of his back, under the breast fin of the whale is a reddish-brown spot. My husband must hit him in that spot, for it is the only place in which he can be touched. When the boy got home, with this long, long message, the eldest sister gave him a drink laced with whiskey. Falling drunk, he did not tell. Next day he went back to the sea. The whale came and threw trembling on shore again. She asked the boy, Did you tell the master what I told you? I did not, said he. I forgot. The woman of the house gave me a drink that made me forget. Well, don't forget tonight, and if she gives you a drink, don't take it. As soon as the boy came home, The eldest sister fair offered him a drink. Wiser this time, he refused and told all to the master. The third day, the prince went down with his gun and a sleeping bullet in it. Soon the whale came and threw trembling upon the beach, just as he had the previous two days. She had no power to speak to her husband till he had subdued the whale. Then The whale went out, turned over once on the broad of his back, and showed the spot for only a moment. That was enough. In that split second the prince fired. He had but the one chance, and a short one at that. But he took it and hit the spot, and the whale went to sleep. In that minute Trembling was able to speak and went home with her husband. Who sent word to his father in law about what the eldest sister had done? The father, King Hugh, came, and as punishment for what she had done to her youngest sister, he had fair put out to sea in a barrel with provisions in it for seven years. In time, Trembling had a second child, a daughter. The prince and she sent the young cowherding boy to school, and raised him up as one of their own children and said, When this little girl grows up, if she agrees, she shall marry the boy who saved her mother's life on that beach. The cowboy and the prince's daughter grew up not as siblings, but as best friends. The mother said to her husband, You could not have saved me from the whale had it not been for our young messenger and so it is right that he and our daughter are rewarded with a long and happy marriage to each other. So it came to be. Trembling and the son of the king of emania had fourteen children in all, and they lived happily till the two died of old age. And with that happy ending, and a promise that no whales were harmed in our telling of the story. I will wish you a good night and sweet dreams as we head back to that beach.